Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Ethan Greenberg in Florham Park. Cynthia Freeland in the new digs at NFL Network. Cynthia, thanks for joining us again. You know, I'm great. It's great to be here. I'm literally in like the dressing room today because as with all moving into new locations, you sometimes have to make it work when the internet isn't in every spot. I don't know. It will, will, it will show off a little bit more of it in weeks to come. Okay, fair enough. Well, we appreciate it. We were talking offline. We appreciate you choosing internet over background because we kind of need the internet to do this. You know, internet over background. It's it was an easy choice. So now th- this is this is my closet. I mean, it's it. They actually made it into lockers for us, so it looks pretty cool. However, you have to be like seven feet tall to reach them. So now we have a pole. You know, we learn new things every day. <laughs> okay. All right. So it, we're we're entering week three in the NFL. The Jets travel to Denver. They're zero and two. And you know, I, I decided. I'm going to throw a little wrinkle in this podcast. Usually we have the opening kickoff. We have the four downs, but I've actually pulled up online, basically a simulated coin toss. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to tell me heads or tails, right? You can, you can call it now and I will simulate it. So with that, are we going heads or tails, Cynthia? Tails, tails never fails. All right. It's going drum roll. All right. It It is tails. In fact, so that means, yes, winner, winner, chicken dinner. You don't have the fantasy trophy behind you this time. <laughs> nope, some shoes. Okay. But but th- th- this is what you've won. You've won the choice. Would you like to talk about the Jets' offense in the first half or the second half? Let's go with the first half, start in the beginning. All right. So with that being said, let's just dive into the first quarter here. This Jets passing offense against this Broncos passing defense. Obviously, the storyline here, Zach Wilson coming off a four-interception game to open up MetLife Stadium. Before we dive into it, what do you think of this matchup as a whole? I think this is a very tough defense, but I think we've seen some positive things as far as how the run game has been developing, which means the pass will become more efficient. I think those four interceptions, that you got to put that in context. Once you get down and you're playing from behind, you're taking riskier shots. The defense knows that you're going to be throwing a pass and the defense can scout it. So this is not your average, you know, and it's also Bill Belichick. And also the first game was the Panthers defense. The Panthers right now have the highest pressure rate in the entire NFL at 43.5% per next gen stat. So these are two really good defenses. Now, Broncos defense is a third really good defense, but I think get the run game going. Show what we saw kind of the last game and the efficiency with Michael Carter, those outside zone looks, the O-line being able to block for that. And I think we get into a nice, better flow, maybe quicker passes. You know, that's probably the way to start. All right. We're going to talk about the Jets rushing attack in the second quarter, but focusing on the Jets passing offense. If we start with the Jets wide receivers, you take a look, Corey Davis, had two catches last week. Braxton Berrios led all receivers, seven receptions, 73 yards. Historically speaking, the Patriots and Bill Belichick like to take away your top target. That would be Corey Davis for the Jets. Moving forward against this Broncos defense, what can the Jets expect out of the the Broncos secondary, really the receivers, against that Vic Fangio coach defense? Well, Patrick Sertan, their first-round draft pick, he's really good great corner this is a great defense at all three levels bradley chubb just went on ir so that's good news and then they're missing one of their linebackers as well that made some key plays but i do think that they're going to play it i think you're probably going to see a lot of early man looks because 
there trying to test a rookie quarterback's ability to make tight window catches or tight window throws. That's just, it would seem just based on historically what Vic Fangio kind of does. But I will say, you know, let's put it in context a little bit because this is a really interesting stat. Right now, rookies under pressure, when they're under pressure, they're like averaging a sub 45 completion percentage league-wide. So this isn't just, you know, this is this is because defenses have a leg up on a rookie quarterback. It's just the way it is. Well, you mentioned Bradley Chubb going on IR. Von Miller, of course, is now a part of this Broncos defense. Did not play all of last season. When the Jets and Broncos played in week four, the Jets did not see Von Miller. They did see Bradley Chubb. And the linebacker you're talking about, Josie Jewell, also dealing with a pectoral injury. So this Jets defense, although... They are playing a good Broncos, de- or this Jets offense, should I say, although they're playing a good Broncos defense, it does feel like the Jets are catching them at a tough break for Denver in terms of injuries. Sure. I mean, look, they, I, you know, I went to BC, so you can't bring it up. There's a pretty good safety they had that went to BC. <laughs> but, um, but look, at the end of the day, this is a very, this is a great defense at all three levels. They are catching them at a good time, but. Let's be honest, it's really more about the gelling of the offense overall that we're looking to see a big improvement in, right? That when it kind of goes the way of as soon as that outside zone rushing scheme works, then you'll see the passing start to work. When you look at those four interceptions, that they're they're all they were in the of his four of his five interceptions were in the intermediate range, which means you know, 10 to 19 air yards. That's a difficult range to make. Why? Because that's where linebackers are having tricky coverages. They're disguising what they're doing. You know, are you a coverage linebacker? Or are you, uh, is there a nickel corner in there? What's going on? What's the safety look? What's going on? That's where confusion lies. So I expect to see more, maybe, you know, quicker passes that are a bit shorter to kind of target maybe where some defensive front potentially changes could be with Bradley Chud being out. It's, I think it's a great opportunity. Maybe it doesn't result in a win. But I think to get Zach Wilson these kind of looks this early and to be able to learn, because he seems to be picking things up very quickly, and he's not scared. Like, I, it, that doesn't seem to be any fear in that man. So when you see all these different looks, I think it's the great. Get it, get it all out now so he sees it all, he has an experience of it, and then his resume can just push forward really fast. You don't have to ease him into it. And that's what Robert Sala said as well when he talked to reporters. He was talking about exactly. the different fronts that the Jets saw. You mentioned the Panthers' pressure numbers earlier. The Patriots a stingy defense. The Broncos another stingy defense. But for this trip for the Jets, you mentioned a certain safety. All right, let's talk about him. Do you feel like Justin Simmons is undervalued in the national scope? Look, I don't think people really understand what safeties do. Now, Jets fans understand safeties because y'all have had good ones, like, and you have a very good one now. But when it comes to safety play in general, I'm not sure just nationally, like, I talk about Buda Baker a lot. He plays for the Cardinals. I really like Buda Baker. His game is so fun to watch. It's so fun to track. But what is he supposed to be doing? Mm, great question for any of us, right? So I just think in general, people don't understand the evolution of the safety position. It's how it's used in such versatility because there's box safeties. There's safeties that drop back and cover. So there's a lot of different ways they're used. You know, Jamal Adams, you were used to him. He was a pass rusher. Like the, just a different, a lot of different things are asked of them. So I'm not surprised that people aren't valuing it as much as you might expect, but I don't think they are. All right. Well, let's wrap up the first quarter with this. Zach Wilson, what do you expect from him Sunday in his second road game, his third game in the NFL overall, coming after a tough performance this past Sunday? 
quick passes, get him in rhythm. You know, let's use the Sam Darnold corollary. Sam Darnold, he is throwing quick passes to a very big degree of success. Part of that is because Christian McCaffrey and the threat of the run is constantly there. Now the Jets have put on film that they can run the ball and the outside stuff is working. Even those short catches that you saw Michael Carter have that were effectively runs, you know, these short yardage situations, that will really give the opportunity for a little bit less pressure for Zach Wilson. Less pressure. Let's throw the ball out a little bit quicker. Let's reduce that pressure rate. Just get into a rhythm and then strategically put in those deep threats. Don't get yourself in a situation where you're playing from behind and then having to make those big deep threat the deep passes like in high pressure situations. Like let like get the rhythm going. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. All right, that's how we wrap up the first quarter. You talked about the Jets' running game last week, over 150 yards on the ground. That's what you want to see if you're a Jets fan because you know that this offense is predicated on the run, on play-action passes. We've detailed Zach Wilson's success at BYU off play-action plays. But what impressed you the most about this Jets' rushing attack Sunday against the Patriots? It was the way Michael Carter and the O-line, especially without the big ticket. You want my, I want Mekhi Beckton in there. So especially without him, the way that the two things fit together was exceptional, right? You saw those, you know, when you see Michael Carter, what he was really good at UNC was yards after contact, but forcing people to miss, forcing a missed tackle, forcing being slippery, right? But also being able to change directions. And you saw that start to really happen. So it's 5.4 average. That was, that was a nice average. But if you look and see when he changed directions, he didn't slow down. That's really, really important. If you can change directions or have someone make light contact with you and not slow down. Ah, there you get two more yards and another yard. And maybe the average goes from like 5.4 to 5.6. And that's a big deal, you know, because when you're getting those little extra, the extra push and the extra yard or two, you're setting yourself up for unpredictable situations for a defense. You just, you never want to be in third and long if you can help it. Also, Michael Carter is extremely difficult to tackle. We saw that in a couple plays. He has great contact balance, great vision. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, as a smaller running back, running behind a bunch of big guys might be hard to see people in space, but he he plays with power. And I think that that's something that should be brought up. And when you look at his numbers coming out of the draft at UNC, they're eye-popping, really. And I know his teammate, who he's going to see this Sunday, Javante Williams, we definitely have to talk about that because that's a cool relationship. But the running back by committee, I'm interested what your take is on it because Michael Carter, I would say that was a breakout game for him, right? Then you have guys like Ty Johnson, who also played very well. Tevin Coleman played very well. Is there anything that the numbers say or that you personally like or don't like about running back by committee? So the only time I don't like running back by committee is when it becomes predictable. So there were some stats that Houston Texans had very bad tendencies for like the past four years. So whenever you saw like Duke Johnson and David Johnson in together, you knew it was going to be a pass or something. So, you know, there, there were just, it was overwhelming, like 80%. And so you're just tipping the defense off. So might as well just like call the plan to like, Hey, just so you know, 
flip to page seven of your playbook and it's that third one on the court. Like you don't want to do that, right? So as long as it doesn't become something where you have way too much, you want your iron versus their iron. And like, that's okay. Like we always know with Nick Chubb and we know with Kareem Hunt, there's like a little bit of difference, but you even saw Derrick Henry last game have to do something different. Derrick Henry was targeted and caught passes. Like when does that happen? So, you know, you you can't be too one dimensional because then they can read you. So I like running back by committee. I think it's very smart, but you just have to mix up the looks enough so that you're getting the advantage of the tricks, not being telling every, you know, what your hand is. And for the Jets, luckily they have three running backs who are very capable of not only running the ball, but catching out of the backfield. Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, and Tevin Coleman, the active running backs. And how about this Broncos rushing defense? I know when you think about the Broncos defensive line, you think about guys like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Jarrell Casey is no longer there. So what do you think about this Broncos run defense as a whole? Let's be honest. What do we know about them? Because the Jet, they played the Jags and the Giants, and it's not no shade to those teams. But, you know, these are they weren't in, like, great situations to show me. I, I think all of the – listen, in a two-game sample size, for every single team in the league, the numbers are whack. They are not stable. They're not – indicative of who these teams are so i don't know yet i mean i i'm 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 assuming that i like the way that big fangio uses linebackers to stop the run you know the most the one that comes to my mind the most is roquan smith who obviously he coached when he was the bears coach but the bears defensive coordinator but i the way that they can get the linebackers to really just you know they run horizontally right sideline to sideline i hate all these like adages of football sideline to sideline runner but, you know, they're good at tackling in those situations. And that's what Big Banjo does really well. So I do think it will be a good run defense. But I don't know what I'm looking at. Right now you can see all the stats. They have, you know, the, the, the most stingiest completion percentage as a defense. They have the third the third uh, most stingiest uh, passer rating allowed. But, like, what what are we looking at here? Like, what, what am I looking at here? I don't know yet. And also, isn't that just – this is unrelated to Jets-Broncos, but isn't that the difficult part of the early portions of the season because there is so much unknown that you don't really know if the numbers, whether they're stats, whether they're advanced numbers are truthful or whether they're being pulled one way or another just because of a fast or slow start to the season? I mean, the the answer is is we overreact to everything. and But the reality is, is like we work in media. We overreact to everything in Week 10 too, so – like, you know, let's just let, the, the point is to keep the magnitude in check. This is not a slam dunk for the Broncos in any way, shape or form. This is going to be, you know, every week it's going to look a little different and every week it's going to feel a little different. No team has their identity yet. But for the Jets and now bringing it back for the Jets run game against the Broncos rush defense. Do you think that this could potentially be a matchup that the Jets could exploit? I think. I think that yes, I look zone rushing when done correctly. It's very like it's very hard to stop. That's why it's so effective, right? That's why you see it used. And then play action has been where people have had disproportionate success so far over two games this season. Just look at every single team in the NFL. The ones who can execute play action, those are the teams that have more first downs, more touchdowns, ideally more wins. You know, you always remember their defense is involved in that. But like you know, these are that that's where offense has been working so far this season. So and it's not new. This is no news. So if play action can keep going, I think that's where the you know get that outside zone rushing going so that the play action can lead off of it, and then you can really see who's at close. The great champions, whenever you talk to teams that win championships, the common denominators, they talk about how great the locker room was. A little juice tonight, let's fly around. Touchdown. 
Corey Davis. A lot of these guys lean on me, and you know, that's something that I want. You know, I want that pressure. Like I said, I'm ready for it. The beautiful thing about football is that these players all come from different backgrounds, and they have an amazing history behind them. And they're all thrown into a locker room, man. We've got to try to come together as one. All right, and that's how we wrap up the second quarter. Little, uh, Do we need a halftime break? I'm good. I'm going to take a swig of water, but, you know, we're, we're like going to keep no, chugging along good. here. <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's move on to the third quarter here. Let's keep it in the trenches, and we're going to wrap up with Teddy Bridgewater and that Broncos passing offense. But for the Broncos rushing offense and this Jets rush defense, the Broncos have two talented backs, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, what do you make of that tandem, and what do you make of the matchup against probably the strength of this Jets defense, which is their line? I think you should be mindful of your fantasy potential output for either of those backs. I think the Jets' run defense is a huge strength. I mean, I'm going to, you, you know, fully, you're going to have to say his name, his full name for me because I just got stage fright. So you're going to have to say <laughs> it. I think, you know, look, and, and Jonathan Franklin Myers is underrated as a run stopper as well. But look, this is, it's, they have a very good run blocking O-line. Their O-line is very good at that. Pass pro, it's a little different, even though Teddy Bridgewater has a good passer rating under pressure. But, you know, the, the run their run schemes, they really are. Pat Shermer, that's – their offense is clicking. Like, they're doing a good job. So, it's going to be interesting because this is the nails versus nails part of the equation, right? Like, this is their iron making iron sharper or whatever this thing. So, the, it's a very good – it's going to be interesting to watch. But I don't think their fantasy numbers are going to be like – what we saw, you know, for from Melvin Gordon or from oh, Pookie didn't have the best game the first one. That's his nickname. I have to get that in there as much as possible because when you do your draft research and you learn someone's nickname is Pookie, you don't forget that. So uh, Javante Williams is Pookie. So basically what, what I'm gathering, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that this is potentially the matchup that you are really zeroed in on because it is the Broncos' strength against the Jets' strength, and also it just happens to be in the trenches. So there's like a little, a little extra poetry there. Is that, is that right? Yes, this is this, this okay. is the one I'm looking at. And like I said, I think you should temper your fantasy expectations if you're a fantasy owner from Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams. Don't think it's going to be like some crazy output for you. You might have to look otherwise. Depends on who your other roster options are. And also just bringing it back. Full name. Falaronso Fadukasi. It's scary when it's spelled. It's you know, it definitely needs some practice. He's been on the on the team since 2018. Now nah, I'm good. I'm good with it now. Listen, so I, I mean, I just got stage fright saying it to you. Like I, you know, the other people because I just know you know. I'm just like, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I got you. I got you. So, but Foley <laughs> in particular, one of the best run stuffers in the NFL last year, and Javante Williams. We, we know what Melvin Gordon can do, right? Yeah, he, he has a long NFL resume. What do you make of Javante Williams, who offers a little bit of a different flavor than the other UNC running back that the Jets have in Michael Carter? I mean, no college running back had better ability to gain yards after contact than he did last season. Now, that's on a percentage basis because they split the backfield. But if you look to see his ability, you know, breaking tackles, muscling through them, his his center of gravity is low. That's not saying he's short. That's saying he's uh, really worked on his quads, right? So when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to that, it's his ability to keep those to keep moving forward after contact, and that's also something people week one were like, oh, it's going to be there. He's going to be great. Like you should be, you know, starting him in fantasy. Like, week one, I'm like, no, no, no it's going to take a minute because it's it, it's a different scheme look and potential in the NFL. Like, good luck, you know, getting past Foley. You know, it's going to be a little harder. K 
can I say that? Like, I'm not, I'm not short. I just work on my squats. Can, can, can I use that in daily life? Absolutely. You just got a low center of gravity. You know, it's good for you. Okay. Low man wins with leverage, you know, it's true. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That, that is, I'm definitely going to use both of those in my <laughs> daily life. But anyway, for, for this matchup, the Broncos rushing offense in particular, I think a lot of fans know about their running backs. If you're a Jets fan, you obviously know about this Jets defensive line. Who on the Broncos offensive line should Jets fans know heading into this matchup? Hmm. You know, I'm going to give you a very unsatisfying answer in this one. But what I look for when I'm looking at this is, are they in 12 or are they in? So do they have two tight ends? or not, because that's an interesting indicator. Remember Albert O, another name I have too much stage fright to say. I can't do that one. I can't do that one. Just, Just Albert, Albert O is good with Albert me. O. Yep, exactly. So you've got no fan who people know from the, he had a lot of targets. He's their kind of pass catching guy. And then Albert O on the other side. When you see that heavy formation, it's a good indication that they're going to get the push they need to run. They don't have, to me, when I, when I look across their O-line, I'm like, Okay, okay, okay. It's the sum of the parts is greater than or whatever it is. The 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 whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? But right. I look to see their formations to see what they're doing with tight ends because that kind of is an indicator of what's what's what what they're looking to achieve from a yardage standpoint. And of course, because Teddy Bridgewater himself is always a rushing threat, it keeps defenses pretty honest. And that is a great little indicator for your Jets fans. Basically, see. Broncos, are they in? Do they have one tight end on the field? Do they have two tight ends on the field? And maybe not on the field, right? They have oh. to be lined up as tight ends. Oh, oh I see. They I, will I got split you. No fans out. They'll put no on the slot or like. Re remember, you're saying inline block. You're saying inline, inline blocking, right? Because because when they split no fans out wide, he's a receiver. So essentially, they're playing eleven personnel, right, with three wide receivers. So right. Point being, if they're in, if they're in true twelve, meaning two tight ends, like in line, then it's going to be wrong. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. And that leads us to fourth down. Noah Fant, one of the many options for Teddy Bridgewater in the passing game. Obviously, the Broncos not with Jerry Judy. He's on injured reserve. Let's start with Teddy before we get into Fant and Cortland Sutton and the receiving core. What's changed for Teddy this year? Because last year, the numbers, I'd say pedestrian. This year, he's coming out scorching hot. So a couple of things changed. One, the run game. You know, remember, it's a lot easier. He didn't have Christian McCaffrey, right? The, I mean, for the vast majority of the season, McCaffrey was injured. So he didn't have this kind of run game. He was Mike Davis, who did well, but not. it's not, it's not Christian McCaffrey, right? So the interesting and different thing here is, well, number one, you know, they've featured him in a way that he like. they're playing him how he likes to play, basically, is part of it. That I think that that, you know, I don't want to be like, he's happier, so it's better. But if you're playing the game you want to play, then you're, you know, you've seen it for every quarterback. They're always a little bit more excited when they do that. So, and what you're seeing is he's not really under pressure that often. And when he is, it's situations where 
he's not actually being asked to throw like for a million yards. So you see this super high passer rating under pressure, 133.1, like nearly perfect. That's unsustainably high, but it also reflects that he's not throwing like deep balls when it comes to being under pressure. He's not being asked to do, you know, like we saw what Tom Brady distinguished himself as last year. He's obviously distinguished himself well before that, but what last year really was was that deep ball under pressure, Tom Brady's back. It's not what Teddy's doing. He's throwing shorter passes. He's targeting Noah Fant a billion times to get those to get those shorter passes. But that Pat, that Tim Patrick t- touchdown last week was pretty good. You know, also if you watch the extended highlight clip or if you watch the game, felt like Teddy really tried to push the ball downfield at times, which I, I don't know. I don't think that was really Teddy Bridgewater's MO before this season. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're a Jets fan. But and also Think about the Broncos receiving threats. Corlin Sutton back. He is a monster of a human being. <laughs> and then there's Tim Patrick, to your point, another very tall, rangy target. And Noah Fant is a very productive tight end as well. What do you make of this Broncos receiving core, including Noah Fant? So I I think they're interesting. Like I think this is a very interesting team, right? When you look ahead of the season at the schedule there's a, something to be said for momentum for having games that are getting you in rhythm and not necessarily your hardest games first. Uh, just didn't have that situation this season. Just, just not the way the scheduling God's made it out. So they got into rhythm and they're starting to come together. It actually becomes momentum is real when it comes to this stuff. You know, you it's, it's real to get that, that rhythm down, but it's not sustainable forever. So you'll start to see that come back down to earth. So I think that they're very good. They would be a lot better if Jerry Judy were there, even though Jerry Judy had some issues with drops last season, it would be a lot better if you had your number one draft pick from the 2020 draft and, you know, a very dynamic receiver who, you know, really good in the slot, just really good, but they've been making, they've been making it happen. And I don't see that stopping necessarily, but I, I do think part of that though, is because they've been so stinking successful in the run game. The run helps them lead to the pass. Right, and that's a great point. And I think we should end the fourth quarter, so let's end the game on the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet with this. When you look at the Panthers' wide receivers, right, I'd say that was probably the better receiving core than the Patriots, and DJ Moore had less than 100 yards. Robbie Anderson had the one big explosive play. The Broncos have a very talented core, including Noah Fant. So what do you expect from this Jets secondary that is, again, very young, minus Marcus May? But you think about the corners on the outside, they've been giving up a lot underneath with trying to limit explosive plays. Is that the recipe for success again this week for the Broncos? You know, I think despite being super young, well, first of all, I have to point out because, again, I need to get my Marcus May stat in there. In coverage last week, Marcus May – uh, he didn't just allow zero yards. He allowed negative one yard, which is great, meaning it's better for the Jets, right? Like one yard in the Jets' favor. Uh, I love watching Marcus May. And he had a freaking sack. Like, that's amazing. Anyways, um, my little Marcus May love moment has to happen. Yes, again, again, <laughs> and <I> like, weekly. <laughs> and I like what's going on with this front. I mean, you saw Sheldon Rankins have his first sack as well. So fronts and backs, they work together. If the Jets can get some pressure, which I, I know a coach who's pretty good at dialing up some pressure. Heard of him? You know, you just go look at him running the up and down the stadium stairs ahead of the game. But, uh, you know, look, if, if they can get some sustained pressure, they could put Teddy Bridgewater in some unfavorable situations. And I think they could exploit it. I think it's smart to keep everything in front of them, because if you're young, just like with young quarterbacks, 
being able to see what happens allows you to get that muscle memory in order to figure out how to like defend it going up forward in the future. So I actually kind of like, like the strategy of keeping everything a little bit more in front and not necessarily asking someone to go make some crazy game changing play before they understand how everything's unfolding. So again, like this, it's all about development. This is, you know, I don't think any just fan came out and we're like, we're winning the Super Bowl this year, right? It's setting everything else up for success. And I love this, how that's happened. I think it's been like really smart. I feel like these people are learning something every game. You see them improving and that's not necessarily satisfying in terms of wins and losses this Sunday. But remember, it, it, it's a long life. We got, we got more to, we got a, more, there's a lot more season ahead of us. We got 88% of the season left. So 88% of the season. That's a good number. I mean, you could have just said 15 games, but I'll, Hey, we're all about the numbers here on the game preview Why? podcast. So 88% of the season is still unwritten. The Jets go to Denver to take on the Broncos in week three. And that's how we put a wrap on the game preview podcast presented by WinBet. Again, betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Cynthia, thanks a lot. And we'll see you next week. Sounds good.